the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fact is that Christ was praying for you every single moment of your struggle. That he brings to bear the power of an indestructible life given him in the resurrection. That an omniscient, omnipotent mind is applied to your weakness and struggle. And friends, you cannot be lost if you have faith in Christ as your Savior. You cannot be lost. That's Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Today's broadcast is entitled The Star Child. Once again, The Star Child. And if you find that you miss any portion of this message and you'd like to listen to it again, you can go to reachingyourheart.com and download a copy to your personal library or listen to it online in on-demand audio format. Before we get started, we want you to know that we believe here at Reaching Your Heart that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, please call us anytime during the broadcast. That telephone number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. So grateful today to have these wonderful students from the Johns Hopkins with us today. The violin which lifts us, the the singing, the joy that we have as young and old in this place. And Father, we gather here to worship Jesus, to make him our star, our hero, because we want to be like him. And we're grateful that a right now righteousness exists for us, which is good enough for the judgment day. But Lord, we want to be good enough in other ways. We want to be good enough in ethical, moral, spiritual ways, even though we are accepted because of him. So lead us in that journey in the right path. In Jesus' name, amen. Florida's Capitol building this year will have a new holiday decoration to celebrate inclusiveness. There will be the usual nativity scenes, Hanukkah, presentations of nativity, as I said, presentations that are purely secular, the full diversity. But this year, the decision has been made that the Satanic Temple will have its presentation too. Now, think about that. The temple exhibit was rejected last year. They threatened to sue the state of Florida. So it was decided this year, on December 22, the Satanic Temple will share in its presentation right alongside the nativity scene in Florida. You know, in Florida, Satan's in vogue, it seems, in certain places. And politicians don't have the courage to figure out that some things aren't religion at all. You know, the Satanic philosophy is not a religion. It's anti-religion. So I asked the question today in Maryland, because so far that hasn't come here. What does it say of a country that has no problem showcasing the prince of evil alongside the prince of peace at Christmas? I don't think our founding fathers envisioned this kind of crazy way of uh, thinking, this misuse of religious freedom. We live in a time when it is not a big deal to give Lucifer equal time as if his religion is as legitimate as God's religion in the Bible or a world religion. It, It may come as a surprise to learn that both the protagonist 
and the antagonist in the great cosmic controversy between good and evil are represented as stars in the Bible. And this day, we must choose who will be our star. Where will our star power come from? Who will be the guiding light of our life? Christmas is a choice. You must choose which star you will follow. One is a fallen star that was once the sun of the morning. Lucifer, the light bearer. Now he has no light in him. The other is the bright and morning star that preceded the dawn of the morning. Before there was a was, there was the bright and morning star. He preceded the formation of time. Isaiah the prophet describes Lucifer, the antagonist, in this way. Isaiah fourteen twelve. How are you fallen from heaven, O day star, son of dawn? In Hebrew, Hillel ben Shachar, bright and shining one, son of the dawn. How are you cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low? In the book of Revelation, he was thrown to the earth and his angels with him. Friend, Christ in the book of Revelation describes himself at last when the Bible comes to its canonical end. He describes himself as the protagonist in this great struggle between good and evil. In Revelation twenty-two sixteen, he says, I, Jesus have sent my angel to you. Now, why would he say that? Because Lucifer took a third of the angels. Two-thirds stayed with him. He is the commander of the angels. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to you with this testimony for the churches. He says, I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. Friend, Jesus is by nature the commander of the angels. Of all the morning stars, of all the sons of God that sang for joy at the creation of the earth, there is a bright and morning star that preceded the dawn of time that was here before any other light came online. Christ is the original light of life. In Daniel 8, 11, he is called the prince of the host. And in Isaiah 44, 6, he is called the Lord of hosts, who is God's redeemer. He is not an ordinary shining star. He is the star from which all light comes from. That's why John would call him the light of the world. Lucifer took one third of the host of the good angels, the stars away from Christ in the book of Revelation. From the very dawn of time, friends, Christ was the light that was with God. When Jesus came to this world that first Christmas, he came as light in the night. He came as a star to open up the great crevasse of darkness and to make beaming light bring life into the abyss. The star child was born. John 1, 9, Jesus is described here. The true light that enlightens every man or woman understood was coming into the world. He was in the world. The world was made through him, yet the world knew him not. Now, what a tragic thing. Here, Christ, the creator of all that is, he was here for centuries working to turn things around after the fall of Adam. And the world had no clue that he was the real one that they should be worshiping. They were following other religions, other gods, demons in God form, forming the great world religions. And they were clueless that the creator was operative in human history, trying to reverse the curse and bring the planet back to God. Verse 11, he came to his own home. He had been assigned to the Jewish nation. In Exodus 23, 20 and 21, God had sent him at Sinai to be the guardian protector of the Jewish nation. 
Isaiah 63 describes him as the angel of God's presence, who is God, who redeemed them all the days of old, who carried them, who guarded the ancient nation of Israel. He came to his own home, John said, and his own people received him not. I mean, what an indictment for that first Christmas, for the great commander of the host to be rejected by those he had guarded for centuries. Describing creation, John says of Jesus in John 1, 5, that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Friend, Jesus is the light of the world that shines. Jesus is the bright and morning star. We live in a time when people worship stars, the Hollywood kind of stars or political figures as such, but they are not the kind of stars that can get you from here to glory. The kind of star that gets you from here to glory does not fade in a hurry like these kind. Not a lasting light are these kind of stars. We use the word star today to describe a hero in the media, don't we? A star, your star. Now, I'll tell you right now, that stuff that comes on the television, that stuff that's paraded before us as as Hollywood um, uh, works of art isn't worthy of the term. Friend, there aren't figures out there worthy of our worship, only one. A star is someone who is beautiful and attractive, a person people try to emulate and to look like. So I hope this morning, and I say it directly, I hope this morning that Jesus is your star. I hope that he's your hero, that whatever you view as intelligent, it's based on your interaction with Jesus. Whatever you view as beautiful, it's based on your interaction with him. And that your wisdom is God's wisdom in Christ, not something else masquerading as Christianity. I trust that the bright and morning star has power, star power in your life. In Revelation twenty two sixteen, Jesus was described as the root and offspring of David in addition to the bright and morning star. Now, King David was prophetically described as a star by the prophet Balaam, that wicked prophet that died in the transition of Israel to the promised land, prophesied of David as a coming star. Numbers twenty four seventeen. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not nigh. A star shall come forth out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and it shall crush the forehead of Moab and break down all the sons of Sheth. David crushed Moab, but somehow David was not bright enough to fit the full impact of this prophecy. He was a foretaste of a brighter star that would shine in the night. He was a prophetic type of one who would come who would be the light of the world. In the Old Testament, the star in the singular form, it's used many times in the plural form, but the singular form is only found twice in the Hebrew language. One is Lucifer in Isaiah 14, 17. We just read that verse. But the other one is right here in Numbers 24, 17. The only times you can find star in the singular are right here. And then that passage about Lucifer. So two stars in the singular form shine in the Old Testament. One is a fallen star and one is the rising star of Jacob. David's ancient mother, Ruth, came from the land of Moab. That's a paradox because David conquered Moab. Ruth followed her mother-in-law, Naomi, to Bethlehem because she had heard that there was bread in the land of Bethlehem. After the loss of her husband and after the the breakdown of the family because of death, it looked like there was no future. So she just followed her mother-in-law without a husband right to Bethlehem because it had been heard that the Lord had visited his people in that place. Naomi left because there was a famine in the house of bread. You know, there are people who leave the church today because they are not focused in the Word of God. 
because they come to church for feelings or subjective experiences, but because they don't grow and feed on the Bible, they don't have the root to remain. And so some folk leave over that kind of a reason. And that's very evidently what happened here. They left because there was a famine in the land of the house of bread, Bethlehem. Bethlehem in Hebrew means house of bread. It was also the city that God chose from which the line of David was developed. David came from Bethlehem. So Ruth's attitude toward God is a good one at Christmas time. She had heard that God had visited his people, that in Bethlehem there was food, and she wanted to go there. She wanted to follow Naomi home to that place. Friend, it's okay this Christmas to leave bad things behind, to say, you know, I'm going to turn off that television this year. I'm going to pull out my Bible. I'm going to start studying the prophetic messages, the book of Romans, the gospel, And I'm going to make Christ the first thing in my life. I'm coming home to the good things of God because the secular waste baskets of Moab cannot feed me. I cannot find food in those places. I want food in God's house. She came home for that reason. And friend, Christmas is a good time to come home to God. You don't have to be inclusive this Christmas with evil. You don't have to have it in your life. You can get it out. You can root it out. You can leave evil far behind and embrace Christ as your righteousness. Uh, Ruth 1.16, but Ruth said to Naomi, entreat me not to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. And your people shall be my people, your God, my God. Now, this world's a lonely place. And I'll be frank with you, I find a lot of encouragement being around the people of God, even as imperfect as they are, because I'm one of them. Your people shall be my people, your God, my God. A covenant community bound by grace, a common fate moving in line with God. So Ruth followed Naomi and she found food in the house of bread. Friend, you can too. Ruth married Boaz, her kinsman redeemer, and she became the ancestor of King David. Ruth 4.16, then Naomi took the child that was born, laid him in her bosom and became his nurse. An old lady had a new life. She became a nurse. And the women of the neighborhood gave him a name saying, a son has been born to Naomi. And they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. More with Pastor Michael Oxentenko in just a moment. Studying the Bible is vital to our lives, and we would like to help you in that process by providing you free Bible study guides. These full-color Bible study guides are available for you right now if you dial this telephone number, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Don't miss your opportunity right now to call and get a copy of these free Bible study guides. Call right now. That's 888-244-4673. Now more with Pastor Michael Oxentenko. Now these are the descendants of Perez. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron of Ram, Ram of Amenadab, Amenadab of Nashon, Nashon of Salmon, Salmon of Boaz, Boaz of Obed, Obed of Jesse, and Jesse of David. God promised David that he would build a house for him. A royal line that would last forever. The focus of the promise comes to the city of Bethlehem, the line of David. In 2 Samuel seven twelve, God said to David, when your days are fulfilled 
And when you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you who shall come forth from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. No king of Judah was able to fully fit the description here. There were good kings and bad ones, but not an everlasting king that would never pass away. During the kingdom in Judah's darkest history, the prophet Isaiah pointed to another king who would come from the stump of Jesse. Jesse was King David's father. Now, when you cut a tree and you cut it off and you have the stump, is it possible that a new tree can develop from the stump? Yes or no? It is. There's life in the stump. It may look like the tree is dead, but life can sprout out. And Isaiah the prophet envisioned this, that when the monarchy would be cut off, God would make a sprout to come out and there'd be new life for the line of David. Isaiah 11.1, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. The future king is called a shoot from the stump of Jesse. The word shoot in Hebrew is the word natser. Why don't you say that after me, natser. Jesus grew up in Nazareth, natsereth. It's a word play off of the word shoot. It means the place of the shoot. So it's linking us back to Isaiah 11.1. Now, the shoot here is also called a branch by the prophet Isaiah. He is a branch that grows out from the house of Jesse. Zechariah the prophet also prophesied after Isaiah of this coming branch. Turn to Zechariah 6, verse 12. I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible at this time. Then they say to him, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold a man whose name is Branch, for he will branch out from where he is, and he will build the temple of the Lord. Yes, it is he who will build the temple of the Lord and he who will bear the honor and sit and rule on his throne. Thus, he will be a priest on his throne and the council of peace will be between the two offices. Zechariah predicted something that had never happened in the Old Testament. From the tribe of Judah, it was determined that kings would arise. From the tribe of Levi, it was determined that priests would arise. But it was illegal in ancient Israel to mix the line of the priest and the line of the king so that a king and a priest were the same person. There was a division of powers. When Isaiah went into the sanctuary to offer incense on the altar, he was a king. He was smitten with leprosy because he violated that principle. And so never in the history of the Old Testament had the office of the king and the office of the priest been one. And yet the Bible says the branch that's coming from the line of Jesse, the branch that would grow up and build the temple of God, he would be a king and a priest. What that means is he could not be a priest after the order of the Levitical priesthood. He would have to be a priest after a new kind of order. And that order is given in the book of Hebrews. Christ became a king priest after the order of Melchizedek. Hebrews 6.19. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. Now, how many of you people feel like you're kind of knocked around at times? You feel that way? I mean, come on. You get these pressures in life that kind of push you about. Has that happened to you? Well, it's happened to me. I've had a rough week this week. Go. Got through it. Got to church. Pray. Be with God's people. Good, safe place. I need an anchor for my soul. 
I need something that I can throw that anchor down and I'm not going to drift away. It will hold me where I need to be. Do you? Okay, now this verse is relevant to us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. I mean, friends, Christ is not some whimsical presence in your life that communicates no strength to you. If you throw your lot with him, you are going to be safe at the time of the end. I don't care what sin you struggle with. I don't care what fault of character you possess. If you latch onto Christ with Velcro kind of faith, you have an anchor and you will be saved in God's plan. It's just a fact. So we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner shrine behind the curtain. In other words, right into the presence of God inside the most holy place where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become what? What does it say? A high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek's name means king of righteousness, and he was king of Salem. There is no genealogy that is directly connected with the name Melchizedek, so he appears to be an eternal being with no beginning and no end. He is king of Salem. Salem in Hebrew is shalom, which means peace, so he's king of peace. He's a type of the coming Christ. The order of Melchizedek is an everlasting priesthood and kingdom. Hebrews 7.21, those who formerly became priests took their office without an oath. But this one was addressed with an oath. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. Thou art a priest forever. And that's quoting here Psalms 110. In Psalms 110, the oath is made. In the context, there is resurrection imagery. In Hebrews 7, it says that Christ received his right to be a priest after the order of Melchizedek by an oath that could not be withdrawn by the power of an indestructible life. Friend, do you realize that nothing in the universe can destroy the life that is in the resurrected Son of God? Nothing. And, and, and by giving Christ life in the resurrection that will never be withdrawn because it's an oath that will never be retracted, Christ has the power and the authority and the life to save you in your life. He has the ability to reach you in every circumstance of life, to overshadow your sorrow, to strengthen you in weakness, to give you a future in God. I mean, I need my Melchizedek king priest today. Do you? Okay, now why do we need him? Look at Hebrews 7.25. Here's the bottom line outcome of this reality. Consequently, he is able. Now that, that statement is written to people who are weak. Consequently, he is able for all time to save those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. Well, this week you may have whined a little bit. You may have said, well, I feel so lonely and lost. I did a little of that, actually. I know you do, too. And the fact is, no matter how you're feeling because of what you're dealing with that's out of your control, the fact is that Christ was praying for you every single moment of your struggle, that he brings to bear the power of an indestructible life given to him in the resurrection, that an omniscient, omnipotent mind is applied to your weakness and struggle, And friends, you cannot be lost if you have faith in Christ as your Savior. You cannot be lost. And so our faith must lay hold of that sure and sound anchor in life. God has given us a king priest. 
Bethlehem would be the city where the star, the new king, would be born. As the bright and morning star, Jesus' existence precedes the dawn of time. I mean, have you ever gone out at night and watched the morning star? It's before the sunrise, am I right? Okay, before the dawn is the star. The dawn of time is the metaphor for the beginning. From east to west, the sun moves. The east is the Hebrew word chedem. It it describes the ancient past. The west describes the future. God called Abram from the east to the west, from the past into the future. The book of Hebrews says he was looking for a city that has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And so Bethlehem was that juncture, that point where the bright and morning star from the east would step into time itself. Hebrews 1, 2 indicates that Jesus created the ages. Now, some people say, you know, I'm a scientific kind of person. The Bible is not really a scientific kind of book. Therefore, I don't, you know, I don't treat it as science. You ever hear someone say that kind of stuff? That is utter foolishness. I have studied the Bible long enough to know that every Bible book is constructed chiastically to where it has ascending chiasms and descending chiasms that represent mathematical fractals in the Word of God. And the genius that's necessary to write the Gospel of John, that's necessary to write the book of Revelation, is beyond Einstein and Newton's abilities, mathematically speaking. Well, that is all the time we have for the first portion of The Star Child. If you'd like to listen to the entire message without interruption, go ahead to reachingyourheart.com. Once again, that website is reachingyourheart.com. We'd love for you to go there and visit now. You'll find an opportunity to listen to this message again, as well as many other messages archived there for you. That's reachingyourheart.com. If you call us right now, we have a free gift for you entitled Soul Care. It's a short 64-page volume all about becoming a whole in a broken world through a personal relationship with God. If you call right now, we have that book for you. Here's that telephone number. 888-244-4673, 888-244-HOPE. If you've been inspired by this message and want to partner with us to further spread these messages and keep us broadcasting on the air, then we welcome your partnership. And you can give a donation of any amount. We thank you for your support. Once again, that telephone number is 888-244-4673. Thanks for listening today. We hope you'll join us again next time for another Reaching Your Heart. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.